Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Thank you for spelunking into the Matt Cave. As you could probably tell by the running time of this episode, it is going to be a quick little shot this week. There's not too much as far as good news is concerned in the sporting world right now. A lot of more things are getting canceled and pushed back due to the coronavirus. So I'm not going to focus on that. This is a place of good and happy thoughts. Good and happy thoughts. So... Today, I will be commenting on the LCS. They just started their playoffs. The first two matchups have happened. The playoffs will go uh, throughout this week. Starty, they started on Saturday, and I believe they're going to be running through Wednesday or Thursday for the first round. Their playoff structure is really wonky, and I don't even really understand it, and I've looked at it a lot of different times, and... I, th- I I don't I don't get why they changed the structure to the structure they have. I wonder how many more times I can say structure in this podcast. Let's find out. I'll also talk about a couple of the games that I'm playing, a couple of games that I'm looking forward to, as well as a little bit of more bad news as far as games being pushed back due to the COVID. So let's get it rolling here. Not too much on the sports side. There was a comment made on ESPN this past week by Rex Ryan, the son of Buddy Ryan, the famed coach of the Chicago Bears defense of the 80s. And Rex Ryan kind of lived off, has been living off of that for a long time. He did take the Jets, the the moribund and rudderless Jets, into the playoffs and to the AFC Championship game in back-to-back years. That hasn't happened since, and the Jets have since fired him. But he... Okay, before I say it, I do understand that right now, the talking heads need to justify their salaries some way. They need to get clicks and listens and watch numbers up in any way they can so that they can keep their jobs. I understand that. What I don't like is the shock jock. I've said that many times. I don't like Skip Bayless. I don't like Colin Cowherd. I don't like the shock jock. And I'll talk about Colin Cowherd here in a little bit too and what he said. But what Rex Ryan said is that he wouldn't have paid Amari Cooper $100 million like Jerry Jones did. He said that Amari Cooper does disappearing acts and okay, that's fine. He could have stopped there. But after he said that, he said... I never would have paid the turd. Now, why? Why? Why say turd? You could just say, I never would have paid the guy. I would have, you know, I would have franchised the guy and paid the quarterback. There's so many different ways he could have said that, but he decided to go with the shock jock value of saying, I wouldn't have paid the turd. And that's just not cool. I mean, I'm going to sit here and say, yeah, I wouldn't have paid Amari Cooper that much either. To be fair to Amari Cooper, the disappearing acts happened later in the year when he was dealing with injuries, to be fair. But the great ones overcome injuries. Jerry Rice played through injuries his entire career. Michael Thomas played through, I believe it was a dislocated finger the entire season with the Saints when he caught like a million passes. I think it was like 120-something. And Terrell Owens famously played the Super Bowl on a 
broken leg. So, I mean, the great ones play through that and continue to contribute and be big parts of the offenses they're a part of. Whereas Amari Cooper just kind of disappears. And I believe the thing that Rex Ryan was referring to the most was when the Dallas Cowboys were fighting for a playoff spot in a fourth and short situation, both Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper were on the sideline for that fourth and short play against the Eagles. And the Cowboys didn't didn't convert that fourth down play, and thus, you know, the Eagles won that game and ultimately won the NFC East and went to the playoffs. I believe that was the straw that broke the camel's back for a lot of analysts and talking heads. Looking at it as an Eagles fan, I just go, ha! But looking at it more in a way with a more critical eye, Ezekiel Elliott just came off of five straight plays of carrying the ball. The dude was gassed. I don't think he could have gotten, you know, that short yardage. And the package didn't call for Amari Cooper to be in there. So it was a play call by Jason Garrett, who was no longer the head coach. Which makes me feel bad as an Eagles fan, because it's not an easy win anymore. (laughs) But I believe that got blown out of proportion at least a little bit. But... Yeah, Rex Ryan should not have said that last part. Everything leading up to it, I'm okay with until you call him a name that a junior high or high school kid would call him. I mean, at least he didn't go worse. I mean, he could have gone worse, but he he could have done better. And moving over to Colin Cowherd, over the week, this past week, ESPN was showing a lot of the greatest games uh, of college football. And they showed one of my favorite games that I've ever seen was the USC University of Texas national title game between Vince Young and Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, Lindell White. That was, oh man, it was such a great game. And Keith Jackson, who called the game, was fantastic. I think that was his last game too. And man, Keith Jackson was one of the soundtracks of my youth growing up, watching football every Saturday. But... That game was fantastic. Now, on to what Colin Cowherd said. Colin Cowherd, being the shock jock moron that he is, said that he didn't think Vince Young was going to be very good in the pros because his throwing motion reminded him, and he's saying this like he would have said it back then. So he's saying his throwing motion back then reminded him of Tim Tebow. Now, Tim Tebow, at the time, I believe was a senior in high school, and he just recently committed to the University of Florida to play for Urban Meyer. Now, I don't believe Colin Cowherd was a high school scout for any school at that time to be able to match up throwing motions between the two. And... Just on a sidebar, their throwing motions are not even close to one another. Vince Young is kind of just a slingshot arm, sidearm. Just he he relied all all on arm talent. And Tim Tebow would pat the ball. He would do that weird cock back with his elbow, and then he would throw it. Uh, two totally different throwing motions. And Colin Cowherd saying it reminded him of Tim Tebow when Tim Tebow hadn't played a down of college football. Stock another one up to Colin Cowherd's brilliance there. I really do not like that, man. And that's just another reason why. Let's move on. Let's go to a baseball. Baseball has not started, and there is no start date 
in the foreseeable future. But one thing that's really fun is on Twitch.tv, the MLB players and the NBA players and the actual NBA, like the, the National Basketball Association has stepped in with the NBA players to do a tournament on Twitch with actual NBA players on NBA 2K20. Now that's really cool and the winner gets to donate I think it's like $20,000 to their charity of choice that helps with the with coronavirus in whatever shape or form. And that's really cool. As of recording this right now, uh Rui Hachimura, formerly of Gonzaga, now of the Washington Wizards, is playing against Donovan Mitchell. So that's pretty cool. I really like that. And baseball is doing the same thing. Trevor May of the Minnesota Twins, he's a relief pitcher. He's been doing that with a bunch of different players across the MLB. Not not the superstars, not like Aaron Judge or Nolan Arenado or Chris Bryant or anything, but he is playing with other MLB players. And they're not doing it for charity. They're just doing it for fun. And I really like seeing that. I really like seeing all of these guys come together over any video game, whether it's Call of Duty, whether it's Halo, whether it's, you know, the sport game of their professional sport. It's really fun to see that. Obviously, the streams are not very good just because they are professional athletes and it's not their thing. Like, it's not very good to look at. It's just kind of a face cam and the game. There's, There's no really bells and whistles with it which i personally like a lot more just because it's 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 grassroots streaming at that point they can only get better at it and they they will they'll have editors and they'll have moderators and everything else but right now it's grassroots streaming and it's kind of fun to watch where they're just kind of playing the game and having fun and it's great i i really do enjoy watching that um speaking of video games oh segue the LCS started playoffs this weekend. It started with Cloud9 choosing to play against 100 Thieves over Evil Geniuses because Cloud9 was the top seed. They were able to choose what opponent they wanted to face in the first round that qualified for the winner's bracket, not the loser's bracket, which means they got to pick between the three and four seeds instead of the five and six because the five and six seeds are in the loser's bracket who have to win their way out of the loser's bracket to get into the final. And when you're in the winner's bracket, if you lose your first set of games, you're not knocked out. You're sent into the loser's bracket to play against the five and six seeds. It's, as you can tell, it's very complicated. But on Saturday, it was Evil Geniuses versus FlyQuest. And I had a rooting interest in both teams because the jungler for Evil Geniuses is Sven Skarin, who was the jungler for TSM in TSM's heyday when it was a lot of my favorite player. Well, not a lot of my favorite players, but I did really like the team. It was Hanser, top lane, Sven Skarin, jungle, mid lane Bjergsen, obviously. AD carry was double lift and support was Biofrost, Bio Daddy. And that team was really fun to watch. And I hope double lift, uh, well, he's probably not going to go back. I, I can dream. But that is, so that was my rooting interest in Evil Geniuses. And then my rooting interest in FlyQuest was with their AD carry, uh, Wild Turtle. And Wild Turtle was the AD carry of TSM way back 
OG TSM with Dyrus in the top lane, Odd One in the jungle, Reggie in mid, obviously Wild Turtle at AD Carry, and X Special at support. That was the TSM that, that got me to root for TSM. And then Reggie was obviously replaced by Bjergsen, who has been there since. So I had rooting interest in both sides. Uh, to be fair, I wanted FlyQuest to win just because I like Wild Turtle a little bit more than I like Svenskaren. But Wild Turtle had a tough set. He was the weak link in every game they lost. And Evil Geniuses won that first round matchup three games to one. And Evil Geniuses moves on to play the winner of... I th- I, I'm not sure. I think it's the winner of Sunday's matchup, which was 100 Thieves versus Cloud9. And Cloud9 obviously has only one loss to TSM. Hello. And 100 Thieves got in in a weird tiebreaker gauntlet thing that they did. It was wild and wacky. But Cloud9 chose to play against 100 Thieves, and boy, did they make the right call. None of those games were close. The first two games were stomps. Cloud9 just rolled over 100 Thieves. The third game, 100 Thieves did a little bit better, but not so much because Cloud9 threw out a couple of random picks, like Hecarim Top, and it, it was a little odd. I, think, I believe Callista Jungle. But once Cloud9 got their stuff together about 15 to 16 minutes in, they just rolled. And they, they proved that they are the best team in North America. However much that hurts for me to say because I'm a TSM fan, Cloud9 is by far and away the class of North America. And it reminds me a lot of when TSM was rolling through North America, where everyone expected TSM to just keep rolling into Worlds and through the mid-season Invitational between the two splits, and there wasn't enough competition in their region to help keep them sharp for those international games. And I believe that's going to be the same problem that Cloud9 has when they go international, just because there's no resistance being put up. The only resistance was TSM, and that was kind of a shock game for Cloud9 because TSM came out of nowhere and kind of punched them in the mouth and kept punching. And they didn't allow Cloud9 to kind of regroup. They just, TSM just grabbed the advantage and kept rolling. And that hasn't happened since and it didn't happen before so I don't see that happening again maybe in one game in a best of five series can TSM pull that off and that's assuming TSM can get out of the losers bracket to face Cloud9 in the final I don't see that happening TSM is way too inconsistent what I, I don't I don't know where their shortcoming is I I, I, I gotta believe it's AD carry I gotta believe it's it's Kabe it's either Kabe or it's the drafting of the of the of the team. Like those are the only two true weaknesses I see. I mean, Dardock, Dardock gets a little gank happy, so he falls behind in experience to the other to the enemy jungler, and so that puts him behind. And then by proxy, it puts his lanes behind. So I mean, it could be Dardock, it could be Broken Blade. I feel like Broken Blade has a limited champion pool. And if it gets banned out, he's he's a liability. I don't know. It's really weird rooting for TSM these past few splits just because 
other than Bjergsen, there's really no true steady. There, there's no other steady hand at the wheel. It's just Bjergsen, and Bjergsen's not going to lose it. But because of the champions and the way they draft, and the way the meta is, Bjergsen can't carry, as is evidenced by last week's pentakill on Azir, but then ultimately losing that match to Evil Geniuses, or was it Hundred Thieves? I, I don't know. They lost the game ultimately, even though Bjergsen popped off. So there is. A lot of questions to be answered for TSM. They play Wednesday. I believe they play... Or is it Tuesday? Oh, man. I'm sorry. I came unprepared for you guys today. They play later in the week. And I hope... I hope, 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 hope they draft better and they have a better, more flexible win condition than they have in the past where it was always get Bjergsen out in the lead, have him roam, get other lanes in the lead like Broken Blade, and then roll into a victory off of that. And other teams know that that's the strategy, and so they they pick and draft against that. And they kind of focus in on Kabe and on Dardock as the two weak points. So it's really interesting. There is a video I do want to watch that just got posted today where a former jungler of TSM, his name's Acadian, he um, he talks about why it's so hard to jungle for TSM. And I- I'm interested to see that just because TSM rotates through junglers more than any other franchise in the LCS since odd one left they haven't had the same juggler jungler for more than i think a split more than two splits in a row and that's a lot of turnover for a team so i I am interested to see what acadian has to say i believe he's a jungler right now for golden guardians i think he's their backup jungler so i i i am excited i am i don't know if i'm excited but i am interested to see what he has to say as far as that is concerned but it's it's Cloud9's championship to lose. I think the only way Cloud9 loses is if they play down to their competition. And unfortunately unfortunately for them there's not enough competition in North America for them to hone their skills to the point where they can do well at an international event like the Mid-Season Invitational coming up here. So we'll see. I mean, after watching what they did to 100 Thieves and Meteos, it's tough to imagine any team in North America putting up any sort of fight against them when they're clicking on all cylinders like they were, and they have been since they lost TSM. I mean, it got a little dicey against CLG at the end, but I mean, that was the last game of the split, and both teams were locked into the positions they were. CLG wasn't going to make playoffs no matter what, and Cloud9 was not going to lose the top overall seed no matter what. The only thing on the line in that match was Cloud9 tying the best uh, split record, and they did. So, yeah, I I hope that Cloud9 can do a really good job in international play because I'm sick and tired of North America being a meme where it's the most popular region as far as viewership goes, but they never show up when it counts. The only franchise to do it has been Cloud9, so that is something. So they have the experience of going deep into an international tournament, whereas TSM doesn't. Team Liquid doesn't, not really. CLG doesn't. Immortals, I don't think, has ever made it to Worlds. I think they made it, might have made it once, maybe. 
and the rest of the teams haven't made it to Worlds just because it's really top-heavy in North America. So, yeah. Good luck, Cloud9. I'm pretty sure they're going to... It's really tough to say that they're going to walk through and just sweep their way to the championship for spring, but I can definitely see it happening just because there's nobody else that really outside of TSM and it's no guarantee that TSM can even make it that far just because of how inconsistent they are. So yeah, that that's, that's the roundup for the LCS. I'll be back next week to tell you how wrong I was <laughs> probably. And that moves us on in this short episode to video games. So my course workload at school has started to lessen a little bit. Instead of having double the workload that I had like last month on top of, you know, COVID breaking out and earthquakes and the transition to work from home, I had double the course workload at school. That has since fallen off because of the way the school structure is set up for my degree. I am down to a regular course workload like I was expecting to have. So streaming should be starting up here very soon. I'm hoping I can start Monday night at 7 p.m. That would be Monday, April 6th at 7 p.m. I'm hoping I can get on and stream for a couple hours, chat with you guys, hang out, have a good time. I'm not sure what I'll be playing. I'll probably just be playing, I don't know, Overwatch or something. But so for video games, the biggest news was... The Last of Us 2 being pushed indefinitely because of COVID. That sucks. I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm just going to say that sucks. I haven't played those games, but I, I did work at GameStop when the first one came out, and we could not keep that one in stock even though we had a ton. So that is a very beloved franchise, and I feel for all of you that were, that were looking forward to the, the, the second one coming out. It was slated to come out at the end of this month. Naughty Dog and Sony decided to push it back indefinitely so that they could give their fans the release the game deserves, I believe was the wording they used in the press release. I don't like that. I think it's bad press. I think they could have launched it. I believe what, what they were looking at was the physical sales not being there and... If you just look at GameStop closing an additional 300 stores on top of everything else they've closed already, and with GameStop trying to stay open as long as they did, saying that they were essential when they are not, because they were, they've been hemorrhaging money for years. So they tried to stay open so that they could get a little bit of a band aid on there, and public outcry just killed them. And now they're they have to close 300 more stores, which is around a thousand people losing their jobs. So that really sucks because the company is so mismanaged. I don't think Reggie Fisam is going to fix anything. I, I honestly do not know why that man signed on to the board at GameStop. He can't save it, there's nothing to save. It's going down like Blockbuster did before them. But what was I saying? Oh, yeah, Last of Us 2. I, I feel bad for all of you. I, I do. But, and they're looking at the wrong numbers. They're looking at those physical sales. And physical sales, just, they don't cut it anymore. Especially in the environment we're in right now. Digital is the way to go. And it is killing it right now. I mean, people who don't play video games are playing video games right now because of the quarantines. And I love seeing that because we're going to get more people interested in video games we're going to get more people willing to say that video games aren't just for nerds anymore 
And that makes me so happy. It warms my heart seeing that. For instance, my sister hasn't played a video game since the GameCube. She hasn't played a video game since Animal Crossing, the original Animal Crossing on GameCube. Last week, she picked up a Switch and Animal Crossing for the Switch. She never would have done that if there was no quarantine. I'm so, so happy people are turning to video games during this tough time because I've turned to video, like all of you know, I've turned to video games myself in tough times and they've saved my life and I hope they're saving lives out there right now. It's great. I love seeing it. Play video games, play them, play them, play them. Watch people play them on YouTube or on Twitch. If you watch them on Twitch, give them a follow. Following is free and it does help those particular people more than you can imagine and it's not just for numbers sake it's not just for proving to twitch that they can be a partner when you get a follower like when you get a rating on a podcast it is such a big boost mentally to that person it, it's kind of it, it's really tough to explain but it is a big deal so that pretty much does it this week if there is anything you want me to talk about please shoot me a message wherever you're following me chat with me on the stream tell me what you want to hear about tell me if you want me to do like my top five point guards of all time my top five quarterbacks of all time or if you want me to do my top five sports games or top five shooters of all time I would be more than happy to do that I just don't know if it's something that you all would want to hear because this has been more of a current events podcast but because of all the extraordinary events that we're going through you're I I know I'm getting bombarded by all of the news and I have to turn the news off just because it's getting too much, you know, which is why John Krasinski's new YouTube channel, Some Good News, is absolutely vital right now. And there's more, like he says in his introductory video, there's more YouTube channels and websites like his that have been around longer. And I followed them on Reddit and we need more of that, which is why I'm not going to be talking about it here on this podcast. So let me know if you want to hear about those my, my rankings or like who I think is the best, you know, current NBA shooting guard or who I think is the best let's player on YouTube. Like let me know. I would be happy to do that. I just don't know if you all would be interested in hearing about that. But thank you all so very much for listening this week. Because of all this stuff going on, I haven't had as much to talk about. You know it. I know it. It's really unfortunate, but I do want to keep getting these out for all of you guys just so you have at least a little bit to take your mind off of what is going on. I love you all. Shoot me a follow on Twitter, the Matt Cave Pod, twitch.tv slash the Matt Cave Pod. If you can find me on Facebook, shoot me a friend request. I'm working on getting a page up there. And. Yeah, I love you all, and until next time, thank you for spelunking on into the Mad Cave this week.